welcome back to Blue Collar Love. So far as I'm aware, the only Starflyer 59 retrospective. My name is Samuel. My name is Aaron. And Aaron, we are back to do um, something we haven't done in a while, an EP review. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been, a, it's been a real long while. <laughs> like, no, seriously, like, um, the last EP reviewed would have been Plugged? Question mark? I think that would have been the last one. Yeah. You're right, yeah. So. I'm trying to think, because there was no out there. We haven't, LeVancor was plugged before or after that? Uh, plugged was after that, because LeVancor okay. was on Plugged. Okay. All right, so yeah, okay, Plugged then. So it's been so, a minute. <laughs> yeah, and boy, Starfire has some amazing EPs. Some of the best work is on these EPs. So let's hop. Let's hop into this one. Fell in love at 22, um, the EP, which came out in 1999, which is weird because Fashion Focus came out in 1998. So it was just weird to release an EP a year later, but more specifically, release an EP with an exact duplicate of one of the single, one of the songs off that last album a year later. Yeah. And to release it two weeks after Valentine's Day when the song's called Fell in Love at 22. What a missed marketing opportunity there. Yeah, I have a theory Mm. that Tooth & Nail, um, the record label at the time of Starflyer, was really trying to market this as like um, to the crossover emo teen market, trying to get some of that... um, I don't know, maybe like Jimmy World or maybe even Radiohead crowd. Or Juliana Theory, stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's what they were <laughs> trying to do here and why they took the most poppy single or the poppiest song. Um, I think Jason had probably ever produced up to that point. And the Fashion Focus song is kind of poppy, though, too. Yeah, but um, I would still argue that Fell in Love at 22 is even poppier and released it almost like it's a single, but then they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa we can't just release a single, so they made it into an EP. And uh, speaking of which, I really like the album cover for this EP. It just looks cool. Yeah, we don't really talk about the album covers a lot, but um, yeah, and the Fashion Focus is one of my favorite, too. I love this one. The faded bottom at the part, it's like it's like a room, like a negative view of a room or something. I really like that, and the satellites are really interesting. Um so yeah, so what are your what are your like your overall thoughts, your history with this album, Sam? Um, so you ready for my history with this album? Yes. I uh, read a Pitchfork review. Oh gosh, oh, God. this probably would have been like <laughs> ten years ago. Um, I read the Pitchfork okay. review again. It's horrible. It it's the guy's trying to like um, audition for SNL in his review, and it just it's it's pitiful. Um. And then I really didn't do much else with this album, this EP, until this past week. I ordered it through eBay, and I received the actual physical album from eBay. And um, as far as, like, packaging goes and stuff, it's it's super... The cover itself looks cool, um, and the CD itself is... <laughs> it's just a blank CD. Like the only reason you know it's a Starflyer album on the CD itself is because the inner rim has fell in love with 22 Starflyer 59. Um, other words, you'd never know. 
I love that. There was a lot of albums back then. I, I really liked that. And I don't know. It's just, uh, in other words, it's very basic and um, thin, I guess is the word. There's just not a whole lot of content there. But at least it comes with the lyrics, which we can't say about a lot of Starfire albums. So that's always a big plus. <laughs> I'll agree with that. I'll agree with mm. that. All right. Well, um, my history with this album, um, I got it when it came out. So, so Americano was my first album. Um, Fast Focus was the first new Starfire album I bought. So from that point on, I got this, and I believe the Bon Voyage album came out in '99 too. So anything Jason Martin related. I was just kidding. So I got this when it came out, and I've been listening to it since 99. A lot of good memories. I fell in love at 22. My first wife got married. It was a 10 years. Great experiences. Not so great experiences. Changed me. Helped me become a better person. So this um, album really has a special place in my heart because it's great music and sentimental reasons. I listen to this a lot. Um, when I was in Germany, um, I, um, I would listen to this um, on repeat. Like it was like one of the first albums that I could listen to over and over again. I would drive around. It would, ha- it would be in my six disc changer constantly. I'm sorry, no. This I started had this in Oklahoma, driving around, and it carried over into Germany. I just a year later it was just on repeat. I just couldn't stop listening to it. So this is one of my favorite, not just Starfire albums, just favorite albums in general. It's in my top. I don't know. I have like over 5,000 albums. I put this in my top 20 easily. I really like this album. Nice. Mm-hmm. nice. Well, let's go ahead and hop right into the music then. Um, leading us off, we have the, this, the title track, Fell in Love at 22. We already talked about it during the fashion focus. So let's uh, kind of revisit it for just half a minute. Um, do you have any right, additional you, thoughts you, to add to this? You can go. You, you take it. All right. Um, so... I don't care that we've already reviewed the song because it's just a really sweet song. Um, it's probably the most romantic Jason got prior to Bon Voyage. And the music itself is beautiful and it's screaming to be used in a sitcom. Like, okay, hear me out. Let's say that Jason's mar- vocals aren't marketable. He has a very uh, low kind of whispery vocal. It's not everyone's cup of tea. Okay. Um, you know who else was huge in 1999 and already had a huge, like, silly love song? Sixpence None the Richer. Right, sit, Frick. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> yep, kiss me. Get Lay Nash to sing this song, and you have instant sitcom success. Yeah, I can see that. I, so, Lee Nash, if you're listening to this, please do a cover version of this song. That would be great. Oh, that'd especially be so the, beautiful. Especially, especially the the vocal, the high, like the, how Jason sings. It's kind of like a high high end of his vocals too. So, she crushed that. Lee, do it. <laughs> Is there a Bon Voyage cover of this? Because I'd, I'd buy that too. That too, you know, there is not, unfortunately. You can't. I, there's no. There's no. <laughs> there's no streaming version or vinyl version of this. That's oh, so sad. So, all right, for me, the only things I'll really say that I'll add to is that um, it's a great pop song. I mean, it's my third favorite song in this album, which is still saying something because it's such a good album. But, I mean, I have nothing really much to say. It's a good pop song. You know, there's better or worse. You know, I'd never get sick of it. Fair enough. I just, uh, yeah, as far as Jason Martin pop songs go, it's one of my favorites. I love it. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about track two then. Aaron, why don't you lead us off with We Want It Bad? 
All right, we want it bad. Um, this is, um, man, love this song. This is, I don't know, man. How do we start off? Um, Lounge Flyer. Um, I love Woo-woo. the laid back feel of this song. <laughs> Your favorite. Um, the breakdown at 118 is great. The luau guitars throughout are great. Um, it's such a great summer song um, to drive. This is, you know, to drive to like every song in the CP. It's like a great, great driving song. The last um, few seconds of the guitar strum and that closes out is so perfect. Um, man, what else can you say about this? This is um, my. It's my fifth favorite song on this album. Um, which is saying a lot. <laughs> um, no, no, no. I take that back. This is probably my second favorite. Wow, that jumped Sam. quickly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Forget that. Say all that. This is my... I'm not going to rate Fell in Love at 22. It's not fair. It's been on a different album. This is my third favorite song up here. Um, it's... I don't know. It just... It just puts me in like a chill mood, no matter like if I'm feeling anxious or something, this song comes on and I just kind of get chilled. It's like a good, it's gorgeous, you know, so gorgeous. It's like a, you know, three, three stars for me. Um, Yeah. Fair enough. I don't know much. You know what, Sam? I'm sorry. I'm schizophrenic tonight. I take take all that back. This is my fifth favorite song in this album. And... I'll tell you why later. And that's not a slam. It's not a slam because it's a really good song. But when we get into the rest of them, this is, it just can't break those other ones. But go ahead. Take it, Sam. So (laughs) this song is Lounge Fire, but all grown up. Um, I love it. It it still has that kind of jazzy sound, but mixed with more of the alternative rock, almost post-punk sound. And, um, it's really nice. But then you get that guitar tone, which is almost like a, I don't know how to describe it, like a warm, fuzzy 60s guitar almost. Um, and you called it a luau guitar. I can I can kind of see that. So it just, it all works very well together for a, a beautiful track. But sadly, especially with the stuff that comes after it, not one that sticks in my head as much. Um on the lyrical front, there's three different options. Either he's tired of being on tour and wants to come home. You know, the line, can we please come home? It's about dissatisfaction of always wanting something you can't have. So we want it bad. The title. Or they're just placeholder lyrics for the lounge. I say all the above. It usually is with Jason. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. We want it bad, man. Okay. Um, next up, um, we have EP Nights, um, right off the top. So we want it bad. It's the fifth favorite. I'm gonna go with Fell in Love. I'll stick with Fell in Love being the third. This is my second favorite song of this album. The lazy intro is so great. Every time I hear it, I picture myself on the porch in a rocking chair, listen to this while drinking a sweet tea when I'm old and gray. Um, just wait, you know, just enjoying my life. And then at 30 seconds, the 30 second mark, when the guitars and drums go off and everything just goes crazy, it blows my head off like every time. Um, 
Jason takes the overt Christian um, lyric route here. Um, well, overt for him. You know, Jesus, please come soon this afternoon. But it works. It's not preachy. I've thought that so many times in my life, you know, just, you know, you have bad days. Just like, Jesus, please come soon. You know, just can't take it anymore. Again, the chorus musically is brutal. Um, it's, I mean, it's immediate and exquisite in a noisy manner. Um, Jesus just has a way of harnessing noise and feedback and making it sound beautiful and not abrasive at all. Like my bloody Valentine who couldn't make noise sound beautiful their life depended on it but i digress um it's a very solid song like i said um my second favorite song in this album three and a half stars um this song doesn't get old it holds up well what do you think sam well um if we're not counting fell in love because i just like that song too much if we're not counting that this is my favorite song on the album i love this song okay my first thought is when it first kicks off, it gives me like Bon Voyage vibes. Um, and then it kind of goes into that really quiet at first and then flips the switch and like that loud dynamic hits. And here's my favorite part about this song. And um, this has been coming up as a theme for me a lot lately, but how the the music plays into the lyrics and I love it when musicians do this. Um, so the music switches from that quiet to that loud and almost like a, a flip of the switch kind of way, a, a dynamic. And it's the frustration of waiting for something to break. Um, you're either waiting for some good news or in the middle of a long, empty night, or um, you're you're waiting for to for this horrible situation you're in to get out. You know, I'm sure a lot of people can relate right now. Um, and it doesn't matter if it's a phone call from a friend or God Himself returning. The feeling is still the same. You're just you're sitting there waiting in the quiet, just waiting for that next wave to hit and smack you over the head. And you're just saying, any moment now, can this please be done? And this song captures that both musically and lyrically so well. And that's why it's my favorite song off the CP. Can't argue with that. I mean, it's an amazing album. Not a dud on the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next up, we have Traffic Jam. You want to go first, Sammy, or you want me? Sure. Um, So Traffic Jam. Uh, My first thought is how Jason Martin writes some of the saddest beach songs I've ever heard. (laughs) Um, it just, it's no lyrics, just, um, this might be his first all instrumental. I'd have to go back and look to be sure. It is. First all instrumental we reviewed. It is. Um, and then I think I hear some brushwork there from Wayne Everett, which makes me really happy. I'm a big fan of the brushes. Um, I like this song a lot. Around 3.30, you hear the sirens reminding us that we're on the beach, but stuck in traffic. So I imagine, you know, you're driving next to a beach and you're looking at it wishing you were there. And then only to be reminded, hey, you're still stuck in traffic. Um, And the song just keeps going for 14 minutes. And it's almost like hypnotizing. You're just kind of floating along. And every once in a while you hear a new sound. Um, I think like construction workers at one point or a police siren or all kinds of random stuff. And you're oh, yeah, I'm still in a traffic jam. And um, being from Indiana, the land of trains, 
I know that feeling sometimes of just sitting there watching the trains go past and you just get kind of mesmerized until you're reminded, oh yeah, I'm still stuck. And um, yeah, the song musically, I um, I love instrumentals, right? Um, instrumentals tied with their their uh, the title can really help capture um, almost capture lyrics for me, even though lyrics don't exist. They're cinematic. You mean um, Adam c- cinematic? Young. Cinematic mm-hmm. scores yes. like in movies and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, um, Adam Young is one of my favorite people who does this really well. Um, the brains behind Owl City. If you haven't listened to his cinematic scores, you should. They're phenomenal. And uh, this song does that with just all guitars, and it, it sounds darn good. Um, so as far as songs go, I can't say I would just turn this on and just listen to it all the time. But every once in a while, particularly if I'm stuck in a traffic jam, I think I could enjoy this song. All right, Sam, what do you think I'm going to say about this uh, this song? You were stuck in a traffic jam and listened to it. And what else? It's your favorite song on the album, my bad. Yeah. Why do you say that? Uh, Because it's weird. (laughs) It really is. I remember. Okay, so nineteen, so nineteen ninety nine. So I get this, and I, I, um, there's no like on the track listing. There's no time, so I have no idea how long these songs on are. So traffic jam comes on, and I'm like, okay, I'm just listening to it, and like, there's no. I'm like, is he gonna start singing? And and near into it, he's like, okay, it's instrumental, I guess. And then you hear like around like you said minute three you hear like a siren and like a like it does like a little slight change in the music like a, like the guitarist pause for a second you're like okay nope still the same stuff then you hear construction workers you have to do it. and then you're like what is that? <laughs> I remember this time. I was like what was that um, and then like I got a couple of listens I was like this is great and yeah when I was in Germany like I said earlier this this CD was in my six disc changer constantly traffic jam skip to the sea let's listen to it um I live at the beach and a couple weeks ago um there was no traffic jam but like you said Jason writes a lot of sad beach songs and this is a good driving to the beach song like I listen like when we're going to the beach some all some of the times I, you know it's good you know and um if you listen to the interview we did with Jeff Cloud, he talks about how he was instrumental in making the song 14 minutes and 13 seconds to be exact and um, how he wanted it longer. And I wish it was longer, too. Um, let's see. I consider this to be the first post-rock song I ever heard. And it's funny because this came out in 1999 and Godspeed You Black Emperor and um, Sigur Rós, two of my favorite Post rock bands. That's the year they released their first albums too, but I didn't discover those to you like a decade later or more. And 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 it's amazing that Jason can like do so many different genres of music. You know, we got lounge flyer, we got indie rock, we got the shoegaze, and he can do post rock. And it's just like it's great that he tries new things. Um, twenty years, you know, and it's twenty something years, and I still it never gets old. It's such a chilled shot. This is such a chilled um track. I listen to it on repeat when I'm like studying or cleaning or driving. It's like audio Adderall for me. Like if I need to get a task done, I throw it on and it focuses me. And it's like a fourteen minute song, but it feels like it's five minutes. And believe it or not, when the song ends, I'm like, already? <laughs> It just—it doesn't feel like 14 minutes ever. Jason, please more of this. Yeah, you're right. My favorite song in this track. I'm not even close to four stars. 
Um, I love it. I can listen to it nonstop for the rest of my life. All right. Next up, we have Samson and Delilah. Take it, Sammy. So, <laughs> Samson. I'm not Andalai. It's just literally just Samson. Yeah. So it's a very slow, sad-sounding um, lounge country song. Maybe. I hear country in it. Yeah. And um, to round things out. And I find... I, I like a, a slow, sad song to round things out. I think it's a good ending. Um, the title of the track is really ironic in my head because the song seems to be about making things work with someone. And if you know the story of Samson and Delilah, they did not work out so well. Um, so it's just, I find that kind of ironic that, you know, maybe it's the closest, well, not the closest. Maybe it's, uh, you know, some Jason Martin humor in there. Cause he has a, I get the feeling after reviewing, you know, a couple albums from him, he has a kind of dark sense of humor. I'm almost gallows humor. Almost is like his thing. Um, and this song would kind of fit into that. And maybe he's not trying to be funny. Maybe he's trying to make some interesting point about Samson and relationships and wanting things that are bad for you. I don't know, but it's a sad way to end things out and it also really makes me want and i've said this before just set jason martin in front of some microphones with an acoustic guitar let's record an album that's what i want (laughs) okay well um i with you i'm a fan of this song it's my fourth favorite song which still means it's great um i love the minimalist feel of this track reminds me of ln i don't know if you're familiar with that artist um, on Tooth and Nail, um, Gary Murray's the mastermind behind it. He's a genius. Um, this song is like the the greater cousin to One Shot Juanita. Um, this song went on so many mistakes of mine back in the 90s. Um, such a warm and understated song. I love the brushwork on the drums. Um, the song holds up over time. Um, when the brush, um, brush, um, paintbrush drums at the end kick in towards the outro, it's the perfect close to the song. And it's like the antithesis to um, Fell in Love at 22. So I love that dichotomy, too. And I do think that Jason, I don't who knows what he was thinking, but the way I think of these lyrics are Samson, it did work out for him because he did all he could to disobey God. God told him not to eat from the dead animal. He ate hunting from a dead animal. He said not to cut his hair, he cut his hair. He said not to have sex, he had sex with prostitutes. He did everything. And so in the end, he you know, we know how Samson went down. He pulled the pillars down and died, but he ended up in the Hall of Fame of Faith in the book of Hebrews. So it'll all work out if you say so. And so I think the point of the song is that, you know, like we want it bad, circling back to the first song, um, we try for things, we want things, um, you know, sometimes we get them, sometimes we don't. And then EP nights, you know, Jesus, please come soon. And like you said, how, you know, you're just waiting sometimes, you're just waiting for that change, hoping that it's going to come. Sometimes it doesn't come in this life, but it's okay because you have that commitment with God and in the afterlife it's okay. I'm sure I'm reading, reading way too deep into these three, those three songs, but that's the arc, and that's how I see it. 
Fair enough. And then, you know, the traffic jam is just the waiting in between. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because, <laughs> oh, oh, we do a lot of wait, this people don't. Oh, man. Don't you know what? Know. You're right. Exactly. That's the waiting. And then that's the waiting. That's the waiting. Exactly. And maybe fell in love at All 22. Right. Maybe you're falling off with God. That's the first, first part. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Don't make it a God is love song, please. No, no, no. Not God is love. Those... The love we feel for your wife, your family, your friends, that comes from God. God is love. He creates that love. Okay, that's yeah. fair. No, I just, during the early 2000s especially, there was this horrible string of Jesus is my boyfriend songs, and they still leave a bitter taste in my mouth. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I know. It still happens today, unfortunately. <laughs> All right, so I like this EP a lot. Um, EP Nights and Traffic Jam alone are worth the price of admission. Um, the title track will never be not be good, and even the closing track, um, it's grown on me. I, I, I'm starting to see its charm and like it even more. So um, this is just a killer EP. So music, I give a three. Like, there's no musical misstep here. Um, he is, Jason has finally done away with his proggy tendencies of gold and silver and even some of Americana where he tended to get carried away with ideas. Um, now, Traffic Jam, it could be argued, is the epitome of getting carried away with an idea. But I think that the music getting carried away serves a very per- good purpose within the point of the song. So I, I let that one slide. Um, so music, I give it three lyrics. I give it one and a half. They're still a little bit vague. And honestly, Jason probably never put as much thought into him as we do, but Hey, still some, still some good, um, some good lines here and there overall two and a half. It's just a, this is a banger. I love it. Seven out of nine total on the Samuel scale. Well, for me, I'll make it simple. Um, music three, lyrics, I'll give it two, and um, how it stands up over time, three. So I give this an eight from Aaron. Very nice. That might be the highest I've given well, so guys, far, right? Maybe Fashion Focus, I gave it eight, too. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. I know you generally give way higher scores than me, so it, I know this yeah, is it's tied about it, for Americana thus far. Yeah, yeah. This is the next few albums are going to be ridiculous. So I'm just giving you a fair warning. He's about to hit his golden age here <laughs> after this album. <laughs> so, I mean, I I will be curious to see because I feel like you cannot truly say something's golden age until you get to all of it. And here's why I say that: um, just from a brain chemical standpoint, and there's a whole entire literal science behind it. Um, we tend to like stuff from a very specific point in our lives. It, it makes us feel really good. You know, that's why we call it nostalgia goggles. Um, and so we will always look back at whatever came out during that point in our life as the golden age. You know, rather it's the golden age of Nickelodeon, the golden age of MTV, the golden age of rock music. It doesn't really matter. Whatever that point in your life was, usually between 16 and 25 – most of the time for you, that will be the golden age. Um, and so from a critical standpoint, I like to view, I say it's almost impossible to call out something's golden age until you view it in its entirety with artists. Thankfully, that's a little bit, a little bit simpler 
because um, there's only so much they can produce at a time without getting carried away. Yeah, and like like some people, like bands like U2, we know, even though they're still making music, we know the golden age. But I misspoke. I mean, there's a few golden ages. There's like year clusters where Jason's just on fire, and the first one's coming up. There's like three of them. So, <laughs> but we'll get to Fair it. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that's all I got to say about that. Um, Indeed. Once again, my name is Sam. I'm Aaron. Thank you for listening. We love you guys. We appreciate you much. And as always, this has been a Brothers King Media production. Goodbye.